Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there and welcome to the show. It's brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors who will do you 15% discount on their big three legal services, as Michael termed them. Wills, probate and conveyancing. If you head to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash Monday Club, we will address the fact that it's not Monday shortly. Just bear with me a second. Uh, you can also quote Monday Club when you contact Levi's and you can get a regular 10% off your legal fees on everything else. Services for you personally and your business, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash Monday Club. So it's it's not Monday. Phil, Phil Hayes here from The Athletic. We again held off um, just because there's not a right lot doing at Ellen Road. But stuff is, the wheels are starting to turn now. Bits and pieces, really, isn't it? Bits and pieces. And transfer-wise, mostly outgoings at the moment. Aronson added to the list and expecting Mark Rocket to go to Betis um, shortly as well. It, it seems as if things have moved on that front much quicker than, than incomings, which is not a surprise because some of that was lined up to go a good few weeks ago. Uh, certainly, yeah, Diego Llorente to Roma has been in the background for, for a long time. Aronson to Union Berlin and, and Robin Koch to Eintracht Frankfurt. We're, we're just waiting to, to get ticked off. But it's the it's the incoming action people want to see, really, isn't it? And and that's where it's quiet at the moment. Are we any closer to some sort of uh, white smoke on that stuff, Phil? Because I keep hearing these names doing the rounds, like football's worst kept secret will be if Ryan Manning actually ends up signing for Leeds as our new <laughs> left back. Surely they've got to start moving soon because we're heading off to Oslo in the next 24 hours for the for the friendly on on Wednesday, which we'll get to in a sec too. But um, anything at all, any noise, anything on the jungle drums at all about incomings? No, nothing to add to the discussion we had at the back end of last week about who they're looking at or who they might look at, what might happen. You're right about the time frame. I think Oslo tomorrow is, is less of a, a kind of marker in the ground, even though players coming in will we'll need to play in friendlies less of a marker in the ground than Cardiff on August the 6th and you know the, the end of the transfer window as well there, there, there is time yet but you know what it's like as, as it ticks on through the summer the, the pressure on the pressure on recruitment and the the pressure on the need to get people through the door increases um, pretty rapidly as time goes on because still haven't got white smoke from the EFL um, regarding the takeover either um, and that really is a how long's a piece of string debate? Um, we we've got a mailbag which is going live tomorrow. A lot of the questions, large percentage of them, were related to that. You know what is happening with this? What what's going on? A lot of people asking. You know what are the EFL saying about this? And the the honest answer is the EFL are saying nothing because the EFL 
say nothing about takeovers. They don't ever comment publicly on them. They don't say a great deal privately either. Clubs themselves, and this is the case with Leeds, are, are quite often in the dark about you know exact timeframes or precisely when um, the EFL will come back with a, a definite decision and, and the green light. So it is, it's kind of holding pattern and it was always going to be a little bit of a holding pattern. I've said it before and say it again, you know, the, the deal between 49ers and, and Radrazani was only done on June the 9th, which is just a month ago. And whatever process the EFL have to, has to go through needs to be done and, and needs to be completed as it would be for any club. But it was always, you know, it was always going to be like this this summer because of the 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 late finish to the Premier League season, because of the upheaval that was going to be on almost every front at Ellen Road, you know, from ownership to the squad and, and beyond. Um, they were going to be hard pressed to to get everything done and and to get it done quickly. I've just realised in the language that I've phrased that then saying we were heading off to Oslo in the next 24, 48 hours, I'd convinced myself it was Monday because we were talking about Monday. It's Tuesday, they're going to be going today, aren't they? So we actually are very, very close to that one. Talking about the amount of flux that's going on this summer, none more so demonstrated by anything than the kit photographs, which have got Darko JB, Sonny Perkins and Archie Gray modelling the new kit, which has been revealed and gone on sale this morning. That, that tell, it, it tells you a story, that doesn't it? Well, those are three people who I think three players who you can confidently expect to be here when the window closes. And actually, possibly, certainly in two cases with JB and Archie Gray, players who you could expect to be quite heavily involved next season, potentially Perkins too. I think he would have it in his mind to to be in the mix um, with the first team. But you're right, it avoids that old calendar mishap of players in it suddenly disappearing or moving to other clubs and finding that the you know, the faces you've got modelling the new kit aren't even here when the games kick off. We touched on this on uh, the, the podcast at the back end of last week, but the fact that already the, the big banner of Robin Koch is coming down on, on the side of Ellen Road because he is no longer a Leeds player, won't be back. He's at the end of his contract um, by the time his line at, loan at Eintracht Frankfurt finishes. So, yes, I, I think you can you can certainly read into that, the fact that it was... Um, don't get me wrong, quite often clubs like to use emerging talent um, to advertise this sort of thing, but they also like to use the big names as well. Um, and, and that is probably somewhat difficult at the moment. That banner, I think you've been had a little bit there, by the way. I think that was just a photo. Oh, really? Yeah, when the banner was being put up. It's, I think it's, oh, very good. people who've been down in the good. stadium are saying it's still up there. I actually, when, when we were talking about it at the back end of last week, the thought did occur to me that I hope it's not just somebody who's pulling our leg there on Twitter and has put up a photo of when it was being put up. But because we're after the event now and it's been pointed out, I can't say that without looking like I've uh, I've adjusted my opinion no, accordingly. I, I, I haven't actually taken a drive past in the past week or so, so I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't certain about that. But it will go. That goes without saying. Um, as will the one of Tyler Adams, if Tyler Adams was to leave. Although obviously he is very much on the list of players who Leeds would like to keep. Yeah, just um, on the stuff that we did at the end of last week, where we went through the squad, who's staying, who's going, or likely to stay, likely to go. We did forget to talk about Luis Sinistera. It's been pointed out by a number of people. So apologies for for forgetting that one. And it's easy to forget him, isn't it? Because he was out so much with injury that you almost forgot he was a Leeds player at times or, or even an option going forward. Yeah, a few people said to me at points last season where we were writing about who might be influential towards the back end of the season. You know, um, Sinistera hasn't been mentioned a great deal in this and and that was partly because his injury problems had been you know so persistent and had ruled him out so regularly that you it almost did get out of your head that Sinistera might came, come back and, and play a, a big or an influential part, which in the end he, he wasn't really able to. 
Yeah, no, you're right. We didn't touch on him, although there are obviously a huge number of players with kind of question marks over them or players who might be going. So a lot of people to, to get through. Sinister is interesting. He's back training now, so he seems to have got over his, his injuries from the back end of, of last season. He is certainly amongst those players who might well attract bids that, that mean that he moves on in this window. But I don't think he's somebody who Leeds would be in any way disappointed to keep. And and of the little we've seen of him or the short bursts that we've seen of him, he looks like a very talented footballer and I think would be comfortably above the standard of the championship and a, a massive asset if Leeds were able to keep him for that division and, and able to keep him fit as well. But like a lot of things, it's really still to develop there and it's really still to become clear what's going to happen with Sinistera and where this is going to go. As I say, I don't think anybody would pretend that he wouldn't be well worth having um, in the division Leeds are now in. But he is a he is a quality footballer. When he's fit, there would be clubs in, at a higher level who would take him. So we want to see. So do you think like in terms of timeframes and knowing who's staying, who's going, do you think they'll know internally whether Sinistera is likely to, to stay or go? Uh, and it's just not quite made its way to the, the public sphere yet. Do you think they've got a very definitive idea about what that squad is going to look like potentially going forward? Well, quite often it depends on the expressions of interest you've had. And one of the things that recru- recruitment departments try to do, as well as obviously signing players and, and having a look at what's out there in the market for you to um, to buy, is to try and work out what is likely to come um, what is likely to develop with with players who are already in, in your squad. So as an example, last summer, Leeds knew quite clearly that Barcelona were going to try and get Rafinha done and had figured out too that Rafinha wanted to go to Barcelona and nowhere else. So had it in their mind that that was a deal they were going to have to work out and were going to have to straighten out. The same with Calvin Phillips to Manchester City. Once that once that got to the point where City were actually bidding, it just needed to be done. With Sinistero, not aware of any firm approaches at the moment or, or any concrete interest in him. But because Leeds have been relegated and because they're not especially in a position of strength to negotiate over valuations of players or, or transfer fees, they will know that they will be vulnerable um, and, and potentially caught out by late bids, late offers that either they feel that they have to accept because of the level of them or that the players themselves want to take to move on. It will be very difficult for them to say at this stage who is definitely staying, who is definitely leaving. I think in some instances, like with Jorginho Ruta, it seems to have been settled that that he will be here and, and barring something changing quite dramatically, that he will be part of the squad in the championship. But I think with certain others, it's it's not easy to, to say for sure. Well, we've seen the new kit. We've got a new kit. What do you reckon? I like it. People seem happy with it. Uh, I haven't seen anybody complain, actually, which must be a first, although I'll have a dig around and there must be someone out there who, who doesn't think it's great. But yeah, on the basis that everybody seems satisfied, I'm I'm very happy for them. It's one of those things where I won't buy a kit just because I'm, you know, I've realised I'm not the target audience for replica shirts anymore, but there mm. are plenty of people who will be watching this, listening to this, who will like it, will want to buy it, will want to wear it. And I think it's important, isn't it? I think in terms of cl- the club's identity and given the difficulty it's, it's had around the badge and, and the ownership maybe at times just not quite having a handle on what the identity of the of the club is to do something like this that just um, with the, what seems like the vast majority of people to land really, really well. It, it shows like a, a degree of care and diligence about the, the club's identity because it matters to fans, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, I can be quite facetious about kits and, and that's also because of my age and I, I don't wear them anymore. But it's an easy win, I think, having a, a good kit. And I think it's reasonable for people to assume that when your kit manufacturer is Adidas, that you are going to come up with good and appropriate designs. You know, simple things like colours that 
fit the, the traditional colour scheme of the club, you know, a home kit that leans towards very much being white. You know, I remember the the kind of disenchantment with the infamous racing stripe kit, you know, the idea of the big blue stripe down the middle. And it's not as if it's the that was the first time that the kit had shifted away from being predominantly white shirt. But, but even so, it, it just didn't quite strike the right chord. Whereas this seems to have done. And I think it, it avoids very much a point of friction in an area that you can do without having a fight over this summer. There's enough going on and enough else to to sort out and enough enough else to get right. But um, starting with a good kit is, um, is a good way to go. And it's another example of doing the obvious thing, isn't it? Choose the colours that match the club's badge, things like that. You know, avoid orange, avoid black. Just do do the obvious thing and do it well for once. And I really like like the peacock designs that run through it and the repeating peacock pattern in the fabric, just little things like yeah. that. I mean, and it's one of those things where like, and like all three of the kits and the, you know, the away ones are likely to be a little bit more out there. If we start winning in them, people will love them. And come the end of the season, when they probably come down in price, I'll probably get a set of them if we if we were to get promoted in this kit. It's like any anything. If you do well in it, you like it. There are little tweaks to this design, which are definitely different. The peacock that, that you mentioned, um, that little design running through it, it means that it will sell incredibly well. I know selling really big numbers, and that's that is one area where leads are consistently strong in, in the, the numbers that they can shift. They were always there or thereabouts as a top six seller in the Premier League. And you mentioned away kits being a bit out there, and the, the difference that results make at the time. The the charcoal and pink kit in the season that they went up under Bielsa, um, nineteen twenty, was the biggest seller they'd had uh, of an away kit. It was the the numbers were numbers were really really impressive. So that's that's how it goes, and and that's what happens. And and as I say, an easy one really to do a nice kit, a nice shirt that people want, people like, and and they seem to have hit it right on the button with this one. Definitely, and not to um, Acid FC who've designed this kit as well. So it's been designed by Leeds fans, all three of them. That's an important thing to note that. Um, and that shows a, a degree of care. And we've got um, we've got sponsors on the back, sponsors on the front, sponsors on the uh, on the sleeves. Flamingo lands uh, on the on the sleeves. You looking forward to that one, Phil? Seeing that flamingo land in action. It's like going back in time. Funnily enough, the interview that I did with Ross McCormack recently, when I wrote it up, that was the opening gambit. It was the, the fact that the last time I interviewed him was at Flamingo Land on one of Leeds' commercial trips. It was the academy that used to be sponsored by Flamingo Land, so they used to go there. Hence the famous photos of Warnock on the motorbike and players with various zoo animals um, round about them. But that was the routine. That was part of the deal was that um, Flamingo Land would sponsor the academy. Leeds would go on you know, kind of corporate trips to, to advertise it a little bit. So, yes, it's like 2014 revisited, really. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Games, football starts properly, sort of, yeah. on uh, on Wednesday night in Oslo. Wednesday afternoon as it is UK time. What should we expect from that? Much, anything? Bit of a scratch squad? We don't even know who's going to be playing, do we? It's slightly scratch squad, although there are some senior players going out there, some senior players who've reported back in this week after international games. It'll not be a totally unrecognisable squad. They will have a goalkeeper, I think, because Chris Klassen is back. They've got others like Verba. The plan was for, despite the Rome interest, for Christensen to be out there. We'll see how the squad looks when we, we get to the start of the game. Others who are still missing, like Meli, um, Rodrigo, Nonto, still to return after the summer and, and after um, international fixtures. The, the difficulty for Daniel Farker is that he's been in the building for a week. Um, they've had, obviously, training sessions so far, but not a huge number. It's not as if he has a full complement of players to, to work with out, out in Norway. Um, there are no new signings at this stage. So scratch squad is probably about right. And you know, to go back to his interviews that, that he did with us after, after his appointment last Tuesday... Him talking about good decisions and quick decisions, I think you'll be feeling the need for that, you know, to see progress on on the transfer front. But I guess what what we'll be able to see from the game is, assuming that that he he gives any of this away and and doesn't just let them have a, a bit of a run out, how much the formation starts to mimic even slightly what he did at Norwich, you know, the the kind of tactical approach that that he's known for, um, that that gave him given the success in those two seasons in the championship with Norwich, to see that that shaping up, I think it'll, it'll be of interest in that respect. 26 days till the kickoff. It's not long, is it? Yeah. No, it isn't. It isn't. Um, and you'll have seen that, that there are plenty of other championship sides who have already started pre-season friendlies and by this point have played earlier than Leeds, largely because they finished earlier too. It was a really, really late finish in the Premier League. But this was the thing this summer. You know, there was... There was no real time to get the takeover sorted or at least no time to spare in that respect. There wasn't much time to spare when it came to appointing a head coach. And I think in the end, Leeds took as long as they could possibly have taken with that. And now you move on to looking at transfers and signings and that is going to require some urgency. It's going to require some skill. It's going to require Leeds to strike gold with with the moves they tried to make. People are going to get upset if and when we lose in Oslo to Man United and it might have the effect of cranking up pressure on the club in terms of them saying, get some stuff done, get some players signed, get things moving. Um, yes, it's probably a fair <laughs> assumption. Yeah, it's a difficult game to win, although equally Manchester United will not be, you know, will, will not have a full squad out there. There's some talk that Mason Mount might make his debut after joining from Chelsea, but there'll be others, you know. Always a favourite at Ellen Road, always a favourite. Yeah, yeah, hugely. <laughs> um, and, they, you know, there, there will be others missing, uh, other major names there who who aren't involved. So actually quite difficult to know exactly how it will go. It, it's really difficult in pre-season, isn't it, to, to know what to read into games, what to read into what you see in 90 minutes where you're never quite sure how hard players are trained beforehand. You're never quite sure what it is that head coaches particularly want to 
get out of it. I always remember with Bielsa's pre-seasons that they were not often anything to write write home about. They didn't tend to be wildly dramatic. It could all be a little bit of a, a slow burn in terms of the games themselves. But then he had the this this knack of just flicking a switch for game one competitive game and and it all you know it all going off. The slight difference with that was in his last season, and I do remember in that pre-season I missed part of it because of the the operation that I had. But I was there towards the end of it, and I do remember people saying. This all feels quite flat. We don't feel like we've signed enough new players. It, it hasn't turned over. And again, I was kind of caught in two minds about, is that actually what's happened? Or is it just Bielsa doing what he does through the summer of nothing looking that spectacular and then it all, all goes? And, and obviously in the season that followed, it was incredibly difficult. So I tend to find more often than not, people seem to have a pretty good nose for how it's looking. And you know, there's no doubt at all that even however it goes in Oslo, coming out of that game, the, the need for signings and the need for recruitment will still be there. But yeah, this is probably a, a summer where the, the pre-season friendlies are going to dictate the mood somewhat. Trust the process and all that. You've got to trust the process, as Bielsa showed. Uh, 80 quid a ticket. Phil, how does that sit with you? It's a lot of money. There's a really good piece in The Guardian by Jonathan Liu today, actually, about ticket prices and the cost of going to live sport. And that is... Well, expensive to say the least. Are they heading to this one? I'll not be there for this. No, um, I will be an LUTV viewer. But as as Johnny was saying in, in that piece, it's a strange position for people like me to moan about ticket prices and, and sports journalists, football writers to do that because we get into most of this stuff free. But sometimes you do look at the cost of certain events and wonder how it is that people are able to afford this and for how much longer you know, the average person is, is going to be able to. No, it's not a cheap cheap place to go to anyway. Um, so yeah, that, that falls in the, the very expensive category, I feel, for, for what is in the end a friendly. Just thinking back to the Australia trips and things like that in recent years, and you wonder how much from a coaching perspective this annoys managers, whether they prefer not to travel and just have the time on the training ground with the players. I know these things are valuable commercially for clubs, aren't they? So you've got to kind of balance the two but you wonder if Farker might not just prefer time on the grass at Ellen Road rather than travelling at least it is Norway which is a short hop rather than Australia which is to the side of the world Perhaps I mean I don't think any of the clubs who were out in Australia last summer felt or feel with hindsight that it was a good destination for them I don't think they felt that the quality of the pitches was great I don't think they felt that it was a particularly fantastic base for pre-season preparation you're right that commercially a lot of these trips are pretty lucrative and, and quite valuable which is why Clubs go on them, and had things been different, Leeds were supposed to be involved in a Premier League tournament over in the um, over in the USA. Why aren't we? Uh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Two plus two, plus two equals four. Um, yeah. Crystal Palace basically is the answer to that. Um, right up until the end of that game, uh, the, the announcement was due to come the following week. Although had you know even had Leeds won that and then subsequently been relegated, I presume they would have had to have been a, a change of plan. But they, yeah, they were bombed out of that tournament, Fulham. Uh, were given their place. But I don't think anybody is sitting around saying that the USA is the optimum place necessarily to go for pre-season preparation. I'm not saying it's a bad place. You get great facilities out there. You can train fine. It's, it's no problem at all. But these are commercial events. You know, that it's the money involved that, that people are, are going after. So I think you're right. From a head coach's point of view or a manager's point of view, as, as Farka has, has been defined, their priority is good training sessions, good facilities that help them with that and to prepare in a way that means that you're ready for the start of the season. They, they almost have to 
they almost have to take account of the commit or indulge the commercial side of things because that is just the way of the world now. But that is really not their problem. And uh, pre-season friendly against Hearts, I don't think we actually even mentioned this, did we? Or did we just touch on it? I yeah, I think quite... we did. I was yeah. saying I'm, I'm going to I'm going to miss this. You, you wait twenty years for this fixture, and then I'm going to be on holiday in Malaga. Although ten days in Malaga, I would not trade for uh, one afternoon up in Edinburgh. I have to say, Yusuf Poulsen, RB Leipzig, couldn't help but see this link last night. Um, just wrapping up the transfer chat. Centre forward at RB Leipzig. Just getting flashbacks to last summer thinking, no, stop, stop. <laughs> he's, he's not he's not one that's come across my radar, which um, isn't to say that there's there's nothing in it. I think I'm right in saying that he might have been linked with Leeds in the past, although it might be my mind playing tricks. And Leeds are always linked with so many players that it would actually be an achievement not to have been linked with the club at some point in the past. But yeah, I mean, we talked about strikers last week when we mentioned um, Piro down at Swansea, um, Surridge at uh, Nottingham Forest as well. I do think it's a position that they they have to address. I think exactly what they do and how much they do will probably be dictated in no small way by what happens with Bamford. And Rodrigo, of course, as well, who's probably weighing up his options at this point. You've said there's, there's interest from Saudi there. I think everybody kind of feels like Rodrigo will leave, like Rodrigo will go. There'll be an, an offer from somewhere which is worth his while um, and, and he will move on. But Bamford is under contract for a while, yeah. You know, runs to 2026. So what happens there is probably more complicated and I think will depend on, you know, how he's feeling as much as anything. It wasn't a great season for him last season. There was friction between him and the crowd again. So where does that go? And I think that the answer to where that goes will dictate what they do in terms of signing forwards. I know we like to chuck you under the bus regularly on this. So um, final mm-hmm. thought then, crystal ball time, game on Wednesday night. Do we see things starting to move finally in the second half of this week? It feels like it has to. And we say that every time we sit down to record one of these things. Yeah, I think you asked me that last week. So I'm going to not answer in the same way as I didn't answer last week. <laughs> <laughs> you coward. <laughs> I think we're, we're, we're rapidly, rapidly coming to the point, aren't we, where that question will almost answer itself by default in that things have to start happening um, pretty soon. But um, in this job, you're a total hostage to fortune with um, with timeframes. I'll give you I'll give you an example. Uh, Monday, we ran the story saying Leeds will unveil Daniel Fark, uh, Fark in the next 24 hours. It was about nine o'clock at night. And at about five o'clock the following day, somebody tweeted me to say, that's 19 hours gone already, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It's like I was I was worried yesterday because, I mean, just to let you know, by the way, as a listener or viewer to this, that we will be regularly Monday and Friday when the season gets yes. back underway. But we're kind of just, we're, we're treating them as, as movable feasts, aren't we, at this stage, just because uh, we don't quite know what's going to happen at Leeds and when. And it's nice, yeah, to ca- think- nice to catch the news when it happens. Yeah, rocking and rolling um, with what's happening or more to the point at the moment with what's not really happening. But yes, come the season, hopefully regular Monday, Friday slots. Good stuff. Right, Phil, we will catch up then at some point after the uh, the friendly game on Wednesday. And again, hopefully the, the cogs start to turn at Allen Road. And we'll catch up soon. Thank you very much. The Square Ball Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.